This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 465. Thanks for tuning in once again. Stephen Fennec here. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, is a short throw projector the right solution to create your home theatre? The Optus Subhub to manage all of your streaming services explained, and there's a new Call of Duty game heading our way. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new JBL Charge 5 Bluetooth speaker that can also charge your other devices. We'll check out the Waterpick Nano, which lets you, lets you floss your teeth with water. And we'll also check out the affordable Sennheiser CX True Wireless Earphones. And we'll all answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I'm sure you've heard of short throw projectors. There's a few of them in the market right now, the latest being the Hisense 120-inch Laser Cinema. There have been others in the past. Hisense have had others in the past, as has Samsung. Samsung had a a product called the Premiere, which was uh, their name for their short throw projector. Now, for those who don't understand a short throw projector, it is, as its name suggests, a projector that can beam a, an image up to 130 inches in the case of the Premiere, 120 inches for the new Hisense Laser Cinema. And it can do that from this projector that's sitting nearly right up against the wall. Now, traditionally, when you think of a projector, and I've got one in my home theatre uh, in, in my, my place here, you need to position it a few metres away to achieve the size of picture that you want. So when they talk about the throw of a projector, that's the distance that it needs to cover, that it needs to be away from the screen to achieve the size of the image you want. Now in my case, I've got the, the Sony VPL 590ES 4K true projector, so true 4K projector, and I've got a 150-inch fixed screen on my wall. But to achieve that picture size, the projector needs to be about four and a half to five metres away. I've got it about five metres away mounted to my ceiling. And then all of the sources, so, so the sources connect to the projector through up the wall, through the ceiling and down to the projector. So that's, that, that's the sort of trouble you need to go to if you want to set up a dedicated home theatre. And, and I've had my, my room set up. It's been upgraded multiple times, but the, the basic concept of the room is the same. Now, that's a regular projector. With a short throw projector, it is a totally different proposition. First of all, the projector itself doesn't need to be mounted up on a ceiling, doesn't need to be metres away. It can be, in the case of the Samsung Premiere, only 11.5 centimetres from the wall. In the case of the new Hisense, the 120-inch laser cinema, it needs to be just 35.2 centimetres away from the wall. So traditionally what you would have in this case is an entertainment unit that sits, sits right in front of the wall, close to the wall, 
and then a blank wall or either a fixed screen. In the case of Hisense, you actually get a screen with the projector that's fixed to the wall, and the image is beamed up onto that wall right above where above that entertainment unit. So instead of putting a regular television on that entertainment unit, if you opt for the short throw projector, all you need to put is the projector near the wall, and your objective, your goal of getting this big image is achieved through the projector. So rather than you having to actually pay for a physical screen or a screen of any decent size, the short throw projector is the other option. Now, this is, this is the option for the customer who doesn't want to go to a lot of trouble to set up a home theater, but also doesn't want to pay the huge price that a regular home theater would involve or pay for a, a size screen of, a say, an LED screen or an OLED screen that would cost tens of thousands of dollars. You, you can buy, I think you can buy, I think it's an 88-inch OLED TV, and it costs like $90,000, if not more. So the costs, cost per inch for this investment depends on the the type of, of the type of display you want to purchase. Now, in the case of the short throw projector, that's probably the most economical of all of the options. So you think about a normal projector like I have. The projector itself costs more than ten thousand dollars. That that's that's just the projector. So, but if you if you think about the other things involved, you need to have cables running you need to have all the different sources for the projector you need to have speakers so there's all these other things involved with a regular tv plug it in you've got a screen if you want to attach a soundbar or other speakers you can do that now talking about the short throw projector again what's involved there is you are getting your big screen big image but the short throw projector itself is also the speakers. It's also your sources because you've got inputs. So you can input, you can connect a Blu-ray or 4K player. You can connect your PlayStation right there at the projector like you would your normal TV. So the sources might be sitting in the entertainment unit just below where you would normally have a television. Speakers are included. The interface, so free-to-air TV would be included because it's a smart TV as well. As, as is with the Hisense, it's the, it has their VDAR U interface. In the case of the Samsung Premier, it has their smart TV platform. So all your streaming services are there. You can plug in all your sources. It's connected, speakers on board, and suddenly you've got a home cinema setup. Now, the latest, the Hisense Laser Cinema, it comes with a fix, comes with a 120 inch screen. So when you buy the projector, screen is added, that's mounted on your wall, and then the projector beams up onto that screen. The screen's made of special material so that it offers, uh, it, it rejects ambient light, so you get a much better image even during the day. But ideally, it would be the best idea would be to put this in a room where you have the ability to make the room a little bit darker. So if you're living in, say you've got this massive open plan room in the back of a really bright house, then a short throw projector in that situation might not be the best solution. But if you're, if you're looking to set up a media room, you might have a room that you can make dark even in the middle of the day or, or almost dark, then this would be a fantastic option. Because don't forget, it's a television. You can watch your movies on it, sport, 
place play your games. It's it's all in one. So they're the differences involved. Now with the the high sense TV, the one twenty inch laser cinema, it's seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Now from what I've just explained to you, when talking about if you wanted to buy a ninety inch Samsung TV or a, or an LG OLED, you look you're looking at fifty sixty thousand plus. If you wanted to go down the path that I took years ago, separate projector, separate sources, separate speakers, the whole bit, the proper cinema setup, I'll tell you now, it's a lot more than $7,999. So here's, here's, when people understand that, they, they hear the price and they go, whoa, that's expensive. But then when they consider what I've just explained to you about what's involved trying to get an image of this size and the ways you can get it, and how much it costs in those other those other ways, then this actually doesn't seem too bad value when it, when, in terms of price per inch for your home theatre experience. Now, the one the high sense laser cinema is of course 4K ultra high definition, offers you more than eight million megapixels as well. So you know, pixels on the screen, I should say, not eight million megapixels, eight million pixels on the screen. So images are really sharp, nice bright colours, HDR on board as well. You also get the high sense VDRU operating system, so that all, all of your streaming services are there, really easy to navigate. And uh, under the hood, of course, Hisense's research and development, they give you the X-Fusion technology, which provides up to 2,700 lumens of brightness, which is actually really impressive. More than 25,000 hours uh, before you need to replace the lamp. That's the thing with a projector that people need to understand as well, that a lamp provides that image through the projector, and there is a certain lifespan to that to that lamp and 25,000 hours that that's a long time before you need to even worry about replacing it cost of replacement I'm not sure it'll probably be a few hundred dollars I know the Sony my Sony projector I think a new lamp is like about five six hundred dollars but again that's got like I think 12 11 10 11 12,000 hours of of uh, of life so that's that's uh that's that's a few years before you need to worry about that in the case of the high sense 25,000 hours that that's a long time so 100, 120 inches through the ambient light rejection technology through the screen, so all the surrounding light and glare won't affect the picture quality. HDR on board, as I said, so we'll compete with a TV in terms of picture quality and true-to-life colour and contrast. On the audio side, you've also got surround sound speakers, including Dolby Atmos on board, so you, it puts you right in the middle of the action. And the Vida U4 operating system is on board as well. So the LG, uh, I should say the Hisense Laser Cinema, 120 inches, 7999. So just remember though, calculate the cost per inch here. You're actually getting a pretty good deal. Screens included, speakers included, projector included, big screen experience included. If you want to read more about the Hisense Laser Cinema with a 120 inch screen, Check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, the Optus Subhub was announced last week, and a lot of people have been checking in and trying to get me to explain just exactly not only what it is but how it works. I think the best way we can describe this is it's called a Subhub because it's a, a hub, meaning 
things are brought together on board here. Now, we're talking about we're living in a time where lots of us have different content subscriptions. So whether it's Netflix, whether it's a music service, a gaming service, uh, all these other services that are available to us, you do your own little stock take. You've probably already got two, three, four, maybe even five of these various services, whether it's it's a video service, streaming service, whether it's music subscription, maybe an exercise subscription, a, a news subscription. There are plenty of them, and I'm sure you, you can probably count, you probably need more than one hand to count them, especially if you're into your music and into your content. So Optus saw this as an opportunity for their customers to bring them all into one place and there are numerous advantages for Optus customers to do this. First of all, you know what you've got. So if you bring all your services together, you know exactly what you're paying per month. You know, all, usually what happens is all the different payments are made on different days of the month. So your Netflix might come out on the 10th and your Prime might be on the 15th. And so trying to manage it and even know, I'm, I'd be surprised if everyone knew just off the top of their head what they were paying per month for their services. You might be surprised. You might It might be $50, $60, $80, depending on how many you have. There wouldn't be many people who knew that exact number. But now with the Subhub, all of that information is brought together for you to see not only the, the costs per service, but the actual number of services you have. Now, what Optus is planning to do with the Subhub is also not only to bring stuff together, but also take over your billing. So rather than you paying the Netflix on the 10th, the other service on the 15th, another one on the 25th, you don't know when they're going to come out. Optus takes all of that out and, and bills you at once for all of those services. So again, another advantage. Now, the biggest advantage, apart from convenience, is you can save money because Optus also has a bundling option where if you bundle three or more services, two or more, you get 5% discount, three or more, you get a 10% discount, which when you add them up, it could be that that 10% discount would, it, it's, would seem like you're getting some services for free. So uh, that, that's, that's another option there as well. So the, that, 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 that's the added benefit of, of, the, of the service is convenience, you know what you're paying, but also you get that benefit of the bundling. So again, uh, another advantage. Now, the services that are available from at, at, at launch, which is it's already launched, available now is Prime Video, Prime Music, Kindle Unlimited, Calm, which is like a meditation subscription, Inkle, which is like a news service, and Optus Sport, which not not a bad lineup to start with. But coming soon are some of the bigger titles, including Netflix, BritBox, Fetch. There's also rumour that Foxtel may be included with this as well. So how I would imagine this would work for Optus is it would be like a wholesale deal. So they would have approached Netflix, for example, and said, look, we've got X million customers in Australia. We will be able to bring them all to you in this sub hub. So we'll give customers access to your subscription. So Netflix would sort of probably give them a wholesale price for their for each of their subscriptions if they they per per fifty thousand or whatever it might be. And then Optus would then pay would charge you the regular amount 
for this service. So don't think you're going to be paying more for Netflix if you got it on Subhub if uh, than, than you would have Netflix by itself. So there'd be some dealer range there. Well, Optus would obviously clip the ticket so they can offer they can offer Netflix and all these other these other streaming services these m- massive number of people. So it's like a big co-op situation, but also then they they clip the ticket. They make a little bit of money uh, as well, and they because they take over the billing, they can they can make that a little bit more streamlined for the customer. So onboarding your services will be really easy, and I understand down the track. Being able to watch them on various devices will also be easier as well. So I, I do get a lot of people asking me, well, look, I've got a subscription to Prime, but I can't watch it on my TV. I don't, the app's not on my TV or I've got uh, Disney Plus over here or KO Sport here and it doesn't all work. So I think Optus is thinking long-term about being able to streamline that service for customers as well, being able to put them all on their TV, no matter what brand TV they have. So that, that's something that, that's further down the, down the track. But for now, you are getting a service that will keep all your, ser- your subscriptions in one place and also save you a bit of money while you're doing it. If you want to read a little bit more about the Optus Subhub, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a massive Call of Duty fan, and I was really, really happy to hear that on November 5, there is another instalment of this really popular gaming franchise heading our way. It's called Call of Duty Vanguard, and it's just been unveiled. They had a worldwide reveal of the game, developed by Sledgehammer Games. Uh, It'll be released, as I said, November 5, and it is set during World War II. And it tells the story about the origins of the Special Forces. The Special Forces played a pivotal role during World War II and formed Task Force One in an offensive that spanned all four major theatres of the war. So you can just imagine for a game here, the campaign's going to see players in a story that switches between these four these four theatres of the war, but among four different multinational heroes. So in one part of the game, you play one soldier, and in another, you change. One of the soldiers is actually an Australian soldier named Private Lucas Riggs. So you get to play an Aussie uh, is in the game as well. So what what you'll see... The action will take place across the eastern and western fronts of Europe, and then it'll it'll sweep through the Pacific. You'll also be involved in North Africa, so it's the 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 reveal trailer is amazing. It looks incredible with a really really nice storyline as well. Sort of weaves all these different character stories around, and just looks brilliant. Gameplay will no doubt be fantastic as well. Sledgehammer Games they they they've made a few uh, Call of Duty games before, so I'm really really looking forward to seeing what this looks like. It's using apparently using the same the same physics engine, the next generation engine that was used that was first introduced in Call of Duty Modern Warfare a, a year and a half ago. So uh, looking forward to that. I love that game. Call of Duty Modern Warfare was amazing with real amazing realism, breathtaking realism, and really life like characters as well. So we can expect that to be, I think, even better when Call of Duty Vanguard is released later this year. Now, if you're like me, not only are you a fan of the campaign, 
But I think what, what Call of Duty players probably like a little bit more than that is the multiplayer side. And there are going to be 20 maps at launch that you can play. 20 maps will be available, 16 for the core gameplay. So if you just like playing Team Deathmatch or Domination or these these other game modes, there'll be 16 there. Another four will be specialist maps, so 20 in total. Uh, but there's also new ways to play as well. So there's a new mode called Gunsmith and another one called Calibre, and they give you all these fresh challenges. So it just makes that online gameplay even more interesting. I can't wait. The other part of Call of Duty, of course, is Zombies. There's an all-new Zombies cooperative game mode as well. Can't wait to see how this is going to be interpreted for World War II. Call of Duty Warzone will also be integrated with Call of Duty Vanguard, and there'll be a brand-new map which comes with a PC anti-cheat system. So I don't know why they would need that, but obviously to prevent people cheating. There must have been some kind of loophole on the in the PC version to allow them to cheat. Well, they're not anymore. Anti-cheat PC system. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard will be available on November 5. It'll be on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and also on PC. And we've already marked the, the date in the calendar. Looking forward to it. November 5. Can't come quick enough. I am a mad, cute Call of Duty player. I'm a mad fan. If you're on PlayStation Network, by the way, and if you run across a player called Sharky68, that's that would happen to be me. So look out. If you're playing online and I'm in your game, hopefully I'm on your team. We can work together. But if not, just watch you back. Call of Duty Vanguard, available November 5. If you want to see that amazing worldwide reveal trailer, We've got it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Let's kick off the reviews with the JBL Charge 5 portable speaker. Now, this is a speaker, but it's called the Charge for a reason. It charges your devices as well. So if you're out on the move and with this speaker, you'll be able to charge your phone, your tablet, anything else that can be charged through a USB, USB port. The Charge 5 can do the trick. Now, this is a speaker. It's $229.95, although I've spotted it for under 200 bucks, which I think is a pretty, pretty good deal there. So if you are uh, keen on a Bluetooth speaker that can go anywhere, this is, uh, this is IP67 rated, which makes, means it's waterproof, it's dustproof. So it can go anywhere. Look, at the moment, if you're living in Sydney right now, you can't go many places, unfortunately. But you know what? Think, think ahead. Think ahead when this lockdown is finished, when we're all our vaccination rates up or whatever's happening, we're free to do stuff. So let's hope, say, come summertime, 
you might be chilling at home, outside in the yard, maybe beside the pool at the beach, on a camping trip. Imagine when we can do that again. But if you want to take your music with you, the JBL Charge 5 can do that as well. Design-wise, the JBL Charge 5, it looks pretty cool. It's, it's got seven different colours, actually. It's available in seven colours. It's got this f- nice fabric covering, covering. It's got these tough end caps as well, so if you, you can handle the bumps and drops and everything like that, all that daily wear and tear. Along the top, you've got the on-off button, the Bluetooth pairing button, plus the volume controls, and there's a, there's a play-pause button, and a party boost button, which the party boost lets you create, if you've got two of these, you can create a left and right stereo pair, lets you configure that through the app. Uh, or you can group several speakers together. So say you and three of your mates have got your JBL chargers or other compatible JBL speakers. You put them all together. They don't do a left and right pair. They just form one big loud sound and are, and are synchronised through that party boost mode as well. So if you want a massive sound, then once we're allowed to get together with our mates again, you'll be able to do that. Uh, the JBL logos on the on the center of the speaker. Uh, below the logo is a power light too, so it lets you know uh, what your battery level and when you're charging your battery, it knows uh, you can tell how far how long it is to before it's fully charged. It does take a few hours to charge, I've got to say. So I think best uh, best case scenario would be to charge this overnight. It does take a few hours. It, it has got a decent sized battery in it because not only do you get twenty hours of playtime, which is heaps. But as I said, you can charge your phone, your tablet, other USB devices can be charged through this as well. So yes, it takes a little bit longer to charge because it's got this massive battery that can run this for a while, but also charge your other devices as well. Uh, On the back is the USB-C port to charge the actual speaker. And then beneath this little rubber flap is that regular USB port that is what you use. So you get your charging cable, pop it into that regular USB port, charge your other devices, your tablet, your phones, whatever whatever can be charged with uh, USB, like your camera or maybe a gaming device or something, a little portable gaming device, you can do that. On the base, there are like rubber grips so the speaker stays put. It's not going to slip around. Uh, And pairing it, couldn't be simpler. Really easy to, uh, once you turn it on for the very first time, it'll then be looking for the nearest mobile devices and you'll hear a sound to confirm that it's in pairing, that it's on for a start. So you hear a sound when it's, it's on, it makes this little noise. Uh, it, the pairing sound, when, when it pairs with the nearest device, it makes another sound. So you'll, you'll recognize these. Uh, good thing about it too, it remembers any nearby devices that it's been paired to. So if it is hap- if you do happen to turn it on and your phone ne- is nearby, it'll it'll instantly pair to that and you'll hear that tone to, to let you know that you're paired and you're good to go to play your music. Good thing about this speaker though, this is a fun feature, you can have two devices paired to the JBL Charge 5 at the same time. So maybe you and your friend or you and your partner, you might want to take turns playing DJ. You pick one song. I, I did do this a lot with my kids because uh, I like to show them music that I was liking when I was their age. So we, we sit there, speakers in the middle of the room, my phone's connected, My kid, one of my kids or uh, one of my children, you can only have two at once, uh, is has their phone connected. And we just take turns. Like They play a song they like, I play a song I like. If, they don't, if they've never heard my song before, I tell them about it. You know, this was big when I was, you know, when I was younger and it was this and this band was this and... And it's a nice, nice little music discovery experience because your kids and my kids do to me. They they 
play music that I've never heard before. So it's me hearing it for the first time, and in many cases it's them hearing these older songs for the first time as well. Uh, the other thing you can do too, as I mentioned earlier, is you can create a stereo pair. So if you do have the party boost mode, you can get a left and right stereo speaker separation thing happening, and or also you can group many speakers together so you can really boost the party. A battery life... It's 20 hours on a single charge, which is really impressive. Uh, it's way ahead of other speakers that we've, we've reviewed in the past. And that single charge really does last up to 20 hours. Can you believe that? If, if you were to take this away for a weekend and you used it 10 hours a day, then you don't need to charge it till you get home, which is remarkable. Now, the there is a companion app, not the flashiest companion app. It's called uh, JBL Portable. And this allows users to update the speaker firmware, uh, and but there are no equaliser presets. So no presets. It's This thing sounds pretty good anyway. I haven't even spoken about the audio. It does have that crisp JBL signature sound and surprisingly good bass. I was surprised that the bass is really solid on this. And even at higher volumes, it does it can, can play really loud. Even at the very highest volume, not much distortion. I was really impressed with that. Uh, what you don't get, though, there's no auxiliary input, so there's no way to connect another device with a 3.5mm cable. Uh, so uh, I don't think many people are going to miss this feature because, let's face it, it's all wireless nowadays via Bluetooth. So not a deal-breaker that there's no auxiliary input for the JBL Charge 5. It is $229.95, but keep your eyes peeled. I've seen it for under 200 bucks. seven different colours. And if you want to read our complete review... You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, we've heard from dentists uh, about the importance of not only brushing, but flossing as well. Now, I'm I'm a big brusher. I, I brush twice a day. I've got an electric toothbrush. And I do floss occasionally with regular string floss or other little floss, uh, little plastic, little floss, uh, little products. But how about the ability to floss using just water? Now, with the Waterpik Nano, that's exactly what you can do. Waterpik's been around for a while. They did have a product that was both a toothbrush and a water flosser. And that was, I think, over $300. The product we have here, the Waterpik Nano, is just the Waterpik, so just the flosser, much smaller footprint than the, than that other model, uh, and much cheaper as well, less than half the price of the other. Because remember, the other one was a toothbrush as well. This is just a flosser. Now, it does have a really small footprint, so able to sit on your countertop or, or easily find room for it underneath in your cabinet, maybe, when you're not using it. But... It does use the same principle as that more expensive product, and it that principle is it uses water at higher pressure to floss your teeth. Now, think of this as a you know how people if you want to I'm not saying the water is going to be this strong, but if you want to clean your driveway or your pavers, you get your you get your high pressure hose, your Karcher, your Gurney, all those brands, and that's the sort of principle that they use the water at higher pressure. That same principle is used here, and it's meant to flush out all the debris around your teeth. 
and you think about the process to do this regularly, say, let's, let's say with string floss, can take a bit of time. Not only that, it, it's sometimes really hard to reach in and do, do it properly and I think you end up bleeding and it, it's, it's time-consuming and I think that's why a lot of people don't do it. It's just a chore for a lot of people. So imagine if there was a way that you could do that easier. Well, this is the way you can do it a lot easier thanks to this water pick nano. Now, the, there are three different pressure settings so that, that helps you clean out the gunk between your teeth. So like I said, think of this as a high-pressure hose for your mouth. And here's the thing with the water pick. It can remove up to 99.9% of plaque from treated areas. So whether you've got braces, even below the gum line, it can really get in there. It's been clinically proven, this product, to be 50% more effective for improving gum health than string floss. So even if you've got implants, crowns, bridges, veneers, the water pick nano, safe to use and can help you. Like I've used this a few times now for the review and you have to have it plugged in, of course. There's a little reservoir that you fill with warm water and then you connect it, you, you, the on switch is on the side of the unit, not on the handle, I'll talk about that in a minute, but set up, really simple, fill the reservoir, warm water, click it into the base, you're good to go, and then what you need to do, it, this takes a bit of getting used, if you're new to the water pick, you've got to be standing over the sink, so have, have yourself, just like when you're washing your teeth, you wash your teeth, you're over the sink, so in case you, know, you drop some toothpaste, it's going to go in the sink, same deal here. So when you're using the water floss nano, you put the tip in your into your mouth, so the water pick tip with that high pressure water coming out, and you aim it along your gum line and stand over the sink. So the water's got to cut will come out of your mouth as your mouth fills with water. It'll drip out into the sink. But what, what will also drip into the sink if you take a look down is all the debris and gunk and stuff that was between your teeth. Now, I'm, I was really surprised the first time I used this of all the stuff that I was seeing in the sink, and that means it's working. All that stuff that was in the sink used to be between your teeth or in your gum line. Now, they're in the sink and out. So um, it does take a, a few goes to get used to it. I think uh, you, I, my tip would be to start on a low-pressure setting. So once you get a bit more expert at it and you, you get do a better job, maybe up the pressure a bit and then... Uh, Turn up the pressure. Sounds like a song title. But you can then, once you get a bit better at it, you'll see you might be able to handle the better pressure. Um, and if you, you're meant to aim it along your gum line and then pause briefly between teeth. But keep the tip in your keep the water pick in your mouth because there's all water coming out of it, don't forget. So if you take it out of your mouth and aim it, it's just gonna water be gonna be spraying everywhere. So that is something you've got to get used to as well. So it takes a few cleans to get used to it used to the action but the results you will you will find you'll have that clean mouth feeling now the handle itself which has the water pick sort of is what you put into your mouth doesn't have an on off switch and normally what you would do is you'd have to reach out with your free hand and turn it off once you're done um, so that's just one thing there is no switch actually on the switch there is a switch on the handle but that is to to detach the tip so you can replace there's two tips that come in the box. So one for you, one for your partner, and the different tips can be can be clicked in and out with the handle that, that with the ha click the the button on the handle, but no on off switch. The on off switch is on the unit itself, which is no that's okay. You can just reach out and turn it off. So there it is. And once you're done as well, the reservoir you turn it upside down, and it then becomes the lid to cover the water flosser. 
So it, it, it takes up even less space once you're finished. So I think um, if you're a regular brusher, then flossing will offer, uh, you know, offer a clean brush, a cleaner brush. You just, uh, that uh, that a that sort of cleaner brush just can't achieve on its own. Brushing does so much. Flossing takes you to the next step. And with the water pick, they say it's three times as effective as using regular string floss. So, water pick nano, one hundred and thirty nine ninety five. You can buy it from Shaver Shop and Chemist Warehouse. And if you want to see it, you want to read my review. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're moving back into the audio space with the Sennheiser CX True Wireless Earphones. Now, Sennheiser is a name synonymous with audio, and you know what? They make they make some of the best earphones you can buy. And if you're willing to spend 500 bucks, then go, go for gold. But not everyone has that sort of budget. If you want to spend less than that, you for, for some brands, they just don't sell earphones in those lower price ranges. So that's why these other brands have popped up. But in the case of Sennheiser, they have a more affordable pair of earphones. It's the CX True Wireless earphones. And these, they're not even, they're, they're not 500. They're not even 300. They're not even 200. They're 199.95. And coming from a brand like Sennheiser, then I think you can be pretty comfortable with that purchase because the sound quality is there. What you won't get with these is active noise cancellation. That's what adds to the price. If you have ANC, active noise cancellation, there's a bit more technology involved that uses microphones and you re- re- reverse uh, audio waves and you've got to cancel out the sound. That that's, that's what makes earphones more expensive than others. Now, there are some that are under 300 with active noise cancellation, not very good active noise cancellation, but some active noise cancellation, which is pretty good. But in the case of the uh, CX True Wireless, you don't get active noise cancellation. What you do get is passive noise cancellation. And by that, I mean there is a bit of a seal for the silicon tips when you put them in your ear. That tiny little seal, that's what they call passive noise cancellation. So it's not powered by anything. It's just the sheer fit of the – it's like sticking your ears, your fingers in your ears. That's kind of passive noise cancellation as well. When these, the silicon tips are in your ears, that little seal is the passive noise cancellation, but no active noise cancellation. That's why these are under $200. But you know what? The passive noise cancellation was enough for us. It was enough to shut out the outside noise. So we were able to hear our music, our podcasts, our audiobooks really clearly, and as well as being able to hear the outside world as well, don't forget. So we're hearing uh, traffic and other, other things around us. So we're not totally cut off from the rest of the, rest of the world, which, which I think is okay. So there's enough. It cuts out enough, but not everything, which I think is fine. So that was still good enough for us to hear our content pretty well. Now, on board, of course, audio-wise, Sennheiser's got their proprietary transducer, it was designed and manufactured at Sennheiser's headquarters in Germany. So you are getting that lovely textured sound, solid bass, nice crisp mid-levels and nice treble. So the sound signature you're getting out of these is pretty good. So out of the box, sounded great. If you want to maybe play around with the equaliser a bit, you can get the Sennheiser Smart Control Companion app and maybe tweak it a little bit to customise the sound more to your taste. But you're not going to get, you know what, 
you're not going to hear a dramatic change. You might hit bass boost or treble boost, whatever. You might hear a slight change. It's not 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 earth shatteringly different than uh, with the equalizer presets, but and you can have a bit of a play around with creating your own custom preset. But as I said, it's not like you're going to change these dramatically how they sound. They already sound pretty good. I've got to say. Uh, so nice fit, really comfortable to wear. They they sit in there securely. Once they're in, you twist them in place. They're not going to go anywhere. They've got an IPX4 rating. So if you're sweating it out, you're caught in the rain, you are, you're good to go. So don't think these are going to stop working. They've got that IPX4 rating. Now, despite their low price, these earphones connect with Bluetooth 5.2, and they support SBC, AAC, and AAPTX audio codecs. So that's uh, that's pretty decent quality you're getting there. So uh, and a good with the Bluetooth 5.2, great quality connection from your mobile device, uh, which maintains the audio quality as well. So that stronger connection means at, at the end of the day, your music's going to sound better. Uh, controlling your music at on on ear touch controls let you do that. These can also be customized if you want to dig in and decide how you prefer to navigate from your left ear or answer your calls on your right ear. That is entirely up to you. You can customize that in that companion app as well. Uh, on the on the phone call side, the Sennheiser CX True Wireless earphones also offer decent sound when you're on the phone. So uh, clear enough to make and receive your calls hands-free thanks to the dual microphones on each earbud that are designed to pick up your voice. The calls that we made on this uh, were, were pretty good. We were, no one was saying, oh, are you on, the, are you on the, in, a, in your car, on the headphones? They they didn't really comment about it. They just assumed that was how it, things sound, and it sounded pretty good. Uh, there's also a an option called Side Tone, which for making calls, I use this, and it actually, it improved the call for me because I'm able to hear the quality of my own voice so it's like hearing yourself in if it's like if you're talking into a microphone and you can hear yourself just like I'm doing now but with this you can hear yourself on the call so you're you're hearing the quality that the person you're calling is hearing so that sort of get, lets you monitor the call a bit better so at least you can appreciate that they what they're hearing is actually pretty good I, I quite like that option side tone option get uh, that that's pretty handy now on the battery side the Sennheiser true X CX true wireless earphones they run for up to nine hours uh, on a single charge which is pretty good these aren't the smallest earbuds in the world but they're, they're not massive so they're a good size there's a decent battery on board to give you that nine hours of playback but then when you toss them into the charging case that adds up to 27 hours of playtime through that case and, uh, and the case itself, not the smallest in the world, but also not the biggest, so still pocketable, easily to easy to take it with you. But again, uh, nine hours on their own, but 27 hours combined when it's in the case and uh, you're using the onboard charging there. The Sennheiser True CX True Wireless Earphones, available now and priced under 200 bucks, 199.95. You want to hear more about that? Check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security. And that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented game optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. 
Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin makes some great products, some wireless charging stands. They also have cases. They have batteries, cables, you name it. You'll find it at belkin.com forward slash au. Now, uh, our Tech Guide Help Desk, I did have an interesting question from uh, a person whose father, elderly father, lives in their granny flat and wanted a solution to allow them to, uh, if he needed to contact them from the granny flat in their home, what they were doing at present, he was using his uh, his uh, alert bracelet or his alert pendant. Uh, he was pressing that button, and they were getting a notification if if he was if they were needed. And they were asking, "Look, how can we make life a little bit easier for him? He wants to be able to turn lights on and off and do things. And maybe if he wants to contact us, is there another way than him pressing the button on that pendant?" And I thought, yeah, interesting scenario, but. And the good news is there is a solution. Uh, what I suggested was the Echo speakers for – so the Echo smart speakers, the Alexa speakers, they have the ability for you to pair smart switches and smart lights and control them just with your voice. So if you want to turn lights on and off, he can use his voice. But they also have a feature called drop-in. So if you have – you have, for example, the Echo Show with a display. So the Echo Echo is the speaker without the display. Echo Show has the display. That's why it's called Show. There is, I think, a 5-inch, an 8-inch, and a 10-inch version. So if you have the Echo Show, say they gave him the Echo Show 8 in his granny flat and they had the Echo Show 10 or another 8 in their home, then he's able to drop in on that speaker so he can, he can talk to them. So it's like an intercom, like a video intercom from within the house. So on the same network, you can then talk to someone. So he'll he'll be able to drop in and say, oh, look, you know, he, he, whatever help he needs, rather than pressing the button on his alert, his pendant, emergency pendant, then he can use the drop-in feature to talk to them that way. So don't don't... It'd be a case of, hopefully not, the boy who cried wolf. So if he presses the emergency pendant and it's more than more than just uh, him wanting some uh, cup of tea or something, then uh, that might uh, set people into panic mode. But in, the, in this instance, the drop-in feature on the speakers from Amazon may be the solution.
And we're at the end of our show. Uh, that's it for this week. If you need to find out more, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And please get in touch if you want to get in touch with email, info at techguide.com.au, uh, or press the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage. That'll generate an email that will get to me, and we could be answering it on the Tech Guide help desk as well. We want to also thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be joining you again next week with another podcast. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 